This is episode 557 for May 2019, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is Paula Abdul, Forever Your Girl. It was the number one song in May of 1989, and that is the month and year we're headed back to in this spider history with JR. Uh, before I get there, I want to thank people who make episodes like this possible. They do it by supporting us on patreon.com slash crawlspace. So I want to give a public thank you to Robert B., Alex, Mayer, Frazetta Hulk, Michael R., David C., Eric, Michael, Scott, Brian, Austin, Kian, uh, Zach, Jay, Stephen, Dom, uh, Jonathan, JB, Taylor, Dowd, Jose, Symbiobro, Frederick, Will, Patrick, Lee, Hafskimo, Alex L, hashtag something good for you, Laura, Nick, Thomas, Ricky, Stuart, Frederico, Michael, Stephen K, Andrew, Christopher, Craig, thank you each and every one of you for supporting our podcast each and every month, and also the new people that have signed up. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get some exclusive podcasts, like an exclusive Spider Satellite episode, or some uh, mysteries of the Scented Demon going on in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man title, we did a podcast about that. We get You have several exclusive podcasts if you become a Patreon member. Again, patreon.com slash crawlspace. It helps us, and we can help you with some cool reviews on those episodes. All right, let's get JR in the seat, and we're going to talk to him about spider history. Here we go. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our spider history with JR. Welcome, JR. Hi. And we also have the counterbalance, JR making stuff up. We have George. What's going on, George? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Keep Proud it moving straight. Proud to be uh, bringing you nothing but cold, hard fact. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, hey, uh, JR, what month of May, I mean, what year of May would you like to mess around with? And he said, let's go back to 1989, 30 years ago, huh? Yes, 30 Oof, years ago, 30 man. years ago. In fact, uh, May 1989 uh, was... Uh, just that uh, was the month after I got married. So I got married in wow. April, 1989. So this is your 30th wedding anniversary this year. 30th, 30th wedding anniversary. Celebrated. Congratulations. That for years of wedded bliss. That, oh yeah. It's been, it's been nothing but a party. Anything fun time. on the 30th? <laughs> I, if you've been married 30 years, you're lucky that you're lucky that neither one of you have killed each other yet. You <laughs> well, know, you, I mean, romantic. You know, when you take when you say do you do anything fun, yeah, we didn't kill each other. There we go. You well, know, that's that sounds like a weekend actually. <laughs> you got you got you got a lot to look forward to, Douglas. I tell yeah, you. Well, you know, speaking of wedded bliss, one of the books that we're gonna talk about is how Peter and Mary Jane got together. We're gonna talk about parallel lives in this episode. They they didn't get married, they were in a committed relationship. Oh, stop. don't you know that? Stop. But this uh, thirty years ago, they they explained how how Mary Jane knew. Well, that's one of that's yeah. just one of the reasons why I picked this month among yeah. the, the others that you gave me. Yeah. So we always start with amazing. You want to start with amazing? We'll start with amazing. This uh, Todd McFarlane is on the title with uh, Michelini, and tying it into Far From Home, Hydra Man's in this one. So take me through that one. All right, all right, all right. So <clears throat> we begin at the supervillain uh, prison known as the Vault in uh, Colorado, uh, and we start where uh, with another of a long list of idiots who keep finding employment in security <laughs> in the Marvel universe. All right, so this guy walks by Eddie Brock's cell, and you know he sees what he thinks is a fellow guard lying on the floor and deactivates the sonic barrier that keeps Brock uh, 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 in prison. Now, the symbiote is can mimic clothing. The symbiote can mimic anything. So mm -hmm. this idiot decided, so how the vault even hired this guy, it's almost like he's too stupid to be alive. Yeah. Uh, and so Venom just puts him out of his misery. But anyway, so deactivates the sonic shield. Aha, it's just a con by Brock. And then Brock uses the Venom symbiote to suffocate him. Yeah. Okay. And with all the, um, 
you know, and, and Brock with all the sincerity of a dangerous psychopath says that he's sorry. And that, you know, the death of innocence is always ba bad or, or is, is, is tough, even when it's absolutely necessary. And he plants a kiss on the guy. Yeah. So, you know, yes, boys and girls, this is your anti-hero. Uh, this is your guy who, um, this is your guy who you had all kinds of mini series about or whatever. This is the guy that, you know, is sold as a cute, cute little children's toy or, a, you know, well, what is this? What is this comic group now he's with or whatever, where he just is cute guy with the long hanging tongue out. I don't know. But anyway, but no, originally Venom was a murderous psychopath, boys and girls. And, and if memory serves, this is the first time after his origin story or this his is, first appearance. We see him, right? The, this is the first appearance after his origin story. So he's yeah. still a, a dangerous murderer. He's not yeah. this, he's not a cuddly little object of affection like he <laughs> was turned into uh, yeah. after, because this is the last story, I think, um, before Venom goes off the rails and, yeah. you know, one I, becomes, I, I agree. Yeah. And becomes tongue and tongue and drool. And, and then he just is, is completely nude. At this point, uh, it was really cool to see Venom back. I, I mean, Venom, in my opinion, jumped the shark really early, like after third appearance. That's like that's when, when right. Eric, Eric Larson got a hold of him and he mm -hmm. became the lethal protector, mm -hmm. it, it never really recovered until I mean, the, the the Kate's run that's currently going, which is about the best Venom books I've read ever, with the exception of these. But that's just my opinion. But go ahead, okay? So, anyway, so, so I, I, you know, again, it's something I always complain about, but the, you know, we I lost that, but we lost, you know, we obviously those of us who won, well. I was never a big fan of Venom. Uh, for At this point, reasons. were you? Like, did no, you like three hundred? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I explained it when we 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 discussed yeah. issue three hundred in a another episode of Spider History. <laughs> um, that I never liked Venom because I never liked the fact that Eddie Brock was given the knowledge of Spider Man's secret identity, uh, and he hadn't earned it. He hadn't earned learning it. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, he knew it. Doctor Octopus didn't. Uh, you know, he. I mean, th at that time, the only uh, the only villains who had known Spider Man's identity were were the Jackal and two guys named Osborne. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but looking back when I did an article on Venom many years or uh, several years later, and actually now several years ago, um, I, I, I understood his, his appeal. I mean, I understood why at first he was very popular, uh, because he just was this just relentless foe, you know, I mean, he was, he was just unstoppable and, uh, you know, Spider-Man couldn't detect him. And he also had kind of a wicked and, and, and sense of humor as well. Um, but you know, his, his, I always thought his motivation was really weak. Uh, and, and it, and also even his, or, his origin was kind of dumb tying it into the sin eater, the tied into the sin eater. Yeah. It was weird. And, and you know, it, it, it wasn't even a, a real, it, it wasn't even a, a, an accurate take on the whole, whole thing. I mean, uh, but that's, that's another story. Uh, but you know, blaming Spider-Man because Brock, because he exposed Brock's bogus story, you know, I mean, psychopaths and bad guys never blame themselves. They never think they're bad, but it was a pretty weak origin. And the fact that it just kept getting repeated over and over and over yeah. every time he appeared, they, they should have given Venom, you know, once, once they figured out that Venom was, was taking off in popularity, they should have done a little tinkering to, to, yeah, to, origin. to make it, yeah, to, to tinker with that origin. Well, but anyway, villain never it, thinks they're the villain. They always think they're the hero. Exactly. But, I mean, yeah. and that's, and that, that, you know, I mean, that makes sense, but yeah, you know, it's kind of like I say, it was just reinforced so often that, you know, you, by the, you know, by the 18th time Venom says that, well, we hate Spider-Man because he exposed our own stupidity. You know, you're rolling your eyes and saying, you know, get a, get a real motive. Oh my God. I've chased George away. I've chased okay. George away. He, he can only take so much symbiote talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, well, we, we were digressing anyway. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know, uh, so so you know, uh, Venom escapes uh, the raft and he's going to go uh, go after Spider Man, who at the moment is fighting Hydra Man, which is kind of funny. That's the cover store. The cover is fighting Hydra Man, but actually, this is a very uh, very brief part, almost unimportant part of the story. It's just a speed bump to the rest of the story, which is a setup for this three-part Venom tale. Uh, you know, so he, he this uh, Hydra Man fight at a construction site. Um, and Spidey, you know, uh, is able to get uh, 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 bust open a bunch of bags of uh, cement 
uh, of uh, cement. Uh, du- uh, I'm trying to think. It's concrete. before it's made concrete. into cement. Huh? Is it concrete? Is that what you're talking about? Well, it, 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 it's before you put it in water and mix it and make it cement or whatever. The, and the, the, dust, to, the dust of the concrete, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so but, uh, Hydro-Man realizes that if he sticks around, he's going to, he's going <laughs> to, He's going to get hard. Uh, so he uh, goes down the storm sewer to escape. Um, so with that little crisis done, Peter rushes home, which, as all good Spider-Man fans know at this time, is now back in Aunt May's house in Forest Hills. Because yeah. as, you, re- because as yeah. you remember, Jonathan uh, Caesar, Jonathan Caesar, uh, who uh, was obsessed with Mary Jane, uh, he uh, runs. They were they were in the uh, the the Bedford Towers condominium complex, in a, a deluxe apartment in the Sky I I. Uh, Mary Jane spurned Caesar's affections, so he gets them evicted from the Bedford Towers, uh, ties up all their money in litigation, and so they have to go back and live with Aunt May. Well, at this time, Aunt May is running a boarding house for a bunch of cranky old people with such unpleasant personalities that no one else wants to be around them. So that's why they're yep. they're living with Aunt May because they're unpleasant old people. Because old people are, you know, I mean, uh, whatever. Uh, so anyway, so MJ's anorexic cousin Christy is also there. Now you remember, you might remember yeah. cousin Christy. Yeah. Uh, cousin Christy was um, uh, she she moved from Indiana to New York because she wanted to be a model. Mary Jane was going to help her be a model, uh, but Christy was anorexic, and also Christy was developing a a really weird crush on Peter, and she was trying to maneuver and plot and you know to get into Peter's affections. And then that subplot went absolutely nowhere. Maybe maybe there was nowhere it could go to be honest. But anyway, that Christy just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Boy, we I haven't seen her in thirty years either, have we? Uh, no, well, yes and no. We haven't seen her in the Amazing Spider-Man titles, but uh, DeFalco actually brought her back as an adult. Uh, oh, yeah, in Spider-Girl. In, in Spider-Girl, he, he kind of, he fixed her, uh, I guess. And uh, so she was uh, uh, Norm, Normie Osborne's assistant, I think, at that time uh, when he brought her back. But anyway, so so Christy's there. We get another little, another hint that she's got more than a serious crush on Peter. Uh, and she, she wants Peter to kiss her. And basically he, he says, no, I don't feel like going to jail at this moment. So, so Peter starts wandering around Aunt May's house and he sees that worthless crippled old coot, uh, Nathan Lebensky, uh, messing around with Aunt May's purse. And you don't have to, you don't have to have spidey sense to know what's going on. That something bad is going on. So the Peter spell sells, uh, the photos that he took, of the fight with Spider-Man's fight with Hydro-Man sells into the bugle, makes some money. And he just on Spider-Man's way back home. He just happens to swing by the one ATM in all of Queens where Nathan Lebinsky is yelling at because it won't give him more than the maximum daily allotment of cash, which is, this particular ATM was $500. Well, Spidey changes to Peter Parker and confronts Nathan because obviously Nathan has stolen Aunt May's ATM bank card. Um, and, of course, we find out that Nathan, I mean, we, we've known this, but, you know, that Nathan is a compulsive gambler. Uh, and uh, back in issue 271, I think he got the crap beat out of him for not uh, paying his gambling debts. So now, you know, now that he's all healed up, the, the, the goons are going to come after him again. And so he steals Aunt May's bank card to try to get money, but he can't get, he can't get more than 500 bucks out. Well, Peter proves what an absolute fool he is by promising Nathan that he won't tell Aunt May that he's a scumbag. And he replaces the money Nathan stole with his own money that he and MJ need, you know, from the the, the money he he got from selling photos of the Spider-Man Hydra-Man fight. He puts it in there so May will never find out and May won't get hurt. Uh, You know, it's like, I I guess, though, in a way, since, since May is since uh, May has treated Peter all these years like a dimwit, I guess maybe it's, all, it's right that Peter should treat her like a dimwit uh, and not, you know, tear her the truth that this, this, you know, worthless old coot, you know, that, you know, she's having a little fun with or whatever is stealing from her. So uh, anyway, late later, Nathan uh, sneaks out to pay the goons the $500 he stole from Aunt May, but actually they want all their money. Uh, and they're going to rough him up again, but you know, he comes prepared. He's got a, he's got a steak knife, a can of raid and flour, uh, which he's able to, he brought a clone (laughs) some flour. (laughs) 
Well, we can't do those. Zach's not here to make fun of, you know, so those, those so that never save those, George. <laughs> yeah, but save those flower jokes for when Zach's here and we can okay. actually crush, we can actually humiliate him and crush his okay. Um But uh, so, so he's able actually to hold him off for a while. And then Spider-Man comes and, uh, and, and, and beats up the bad guys, you know, so it, it's kind of, a, it's kind of an amusing fight, you know, because really nobody should be able to st stand up against Spider-Man. And these guys obviously don't, you know, so he goes, Hey, it's the three stooges, you know, you must be Mo pump on your Larry pump and you must be curly pump, you know, and just knocks them all out. And, uh, yep. Peter Parker shows up a few minutes later and says, Oh, by the way, you know, since I always follow Spider-Man around taking pictures of him, I just happened to see this fight. And, uh, Oh, by the way, I saw that you guys were trying to beat up this old coup here. And, uh, you know, like, uh, you wouldn't really want these pictures I've taken to get in the hands of the district attorney. Would you, <laughs> I didn't think so. That so, whole exchange sounded like you were, uh, like doing Kermit the frog's dad. <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow connection the lovers the dreamers you want me to do more no okay i guess no, we're my, good that's my fault uh, that's on me <laughs> however we Hi -ho, Kermit the frog here anyway uh <laughs> i did this i built yeah it. you did yeah you did bad. yeah so anyway Peter in another, you know, he says, Nathan, you have to stop gambling. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, okay. Peter Parker has been Spider-Man for how many years? All right. And he's seen all kinds of, uh, of dope fiends, drunks, uh, and other, and you know, people with other compulsions. Tony uh, Stark. And, Tony, <laughs> there we go. The real Tony Stark, not this, this not this. By the way, I, I, I looked Stark and I just the movies. I just noticed, uh, George. I unfortunately am drinking out of a Iron Man glass on a Spider Man how, podcast. How dare you? <laughs> the other ones how were dirty. Dare you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember the Tony Stark in the comic books is not a cuddly figure who 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 cute little Spider Man hugs. You know, none of that crap. You know. Tony Stark in the comic books is a drunk fascist uh, who who tries to to ruin Spider Man uh, and and drives his makes his turns his family into fugitives and yet they all throw a party at the end and forgive and and they're, everything's forgiven and everybody forgets what happened. Truth. Right, George? Yep. Yeah. Truth. Hey, Truth. like you say, hey, too bad about Bill Foster, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just because we blew a hole in his gut with a club Thor, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, here's a Bill Foster. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Nathan says, yes, Peter, I'll give up gambling for May because I love her so much. And then, you know, the, the, the next day, uh, Nathan goes to the down, down, down to the, uh, uh, the local immigrant who's selling newspapers, uh, and buys a bunch of lottery tickets, you know, and, and this makes me hate Nathan even more because, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I've, I've bought a few lottery tickets myself, you know, for fun or whatever, but I hate people who go into convenience stores and you're trying to get your, your big mountain dew. Okay. <laughs> That's all you want is your mountain dew. Preach, all right. Preach. You're behind some idiot. Some and, and they're usually, I won't say it, but they're usually one of two or three types who are always buying lottery tickets and yeah. they're standing there. Uh, give me, get, give me, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the hundred dollar, uh, bingo bango option. Yeah. Uh, and I like the, the $5, uh, 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 Barbara, uh, I dream of Julie scratch offs, you know, and, <laughs> I hate those people because I get caught behind them. And all I'm trying to do is get out of that store with my Yoohoo and my Skittles. Exactly. <laughs> and, and maybe some Funyuns or something like that. And these people are like. Funyuns. I haven't had Funyuns. They, in a long they time. take up way too much time. Yeah. Exactly. They do. And, and it's like, you know, and, and you want to tell the, you want to shake these people up and tell them, you know what? The lottery is a scam. You will get more enjoyment dropping a dollar bill down the toilet and flushing it and watching it spin than you will from any thing that you get from buying these lottery but real quick i didn't i don't didn't remember this reference the book wraps up where is venom where is he near he's in my state of sh the show me state missouri st louis is 52 miles away on he's on i-44 
Well, you know, it, it'd been nice if he'd stopped by, if he would have taken care of Senator Aiken, and oh. if he would have taken if he would have taken care of that goofy professor with the safe spaces, right? Oh. Who is, who, you know, who, right, who's right. yelling at these, these kids need time to heal. They need to heal. All right, all right, all right. From. Moving on. That uh, issue is anyway, up. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. The issue's wrapping up. Anyway, um, it did. We have this cute little couple with the little baby, you know. Uh, they picked up this hitchhiker, you know. In St. Louis. Near St. Louis. St. Louis, who happens to be Eddie Brock, and yeah. uh, Brock is thanking them for taking him into New, taking taking him to New York. All oh, you people are so so nice and stuff. And uh, I guess I really won't suffocate you like I did that innocent guard or whatever when I could have just knocked him out or something. But no, I had to murder him. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I won't murder you. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I guess he's told him a story of hitchhiking and sleeping in caves and stuff. And uh, the, the the father the father goes. Yeah, really. Sleeping in case. Gosh, were you, weren't you afraid of snakes? I, 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 I hate snakes. Says, George, George, he's making stuff up. Can you make him stop? I, I don't know that. It, I don't know that he. I don't know that he made that one up. I'm not <laughs> making that one up. I'm not. No, no, seriously. There's I'm not making three it up. Panels, three panels. You did all that. No, all listen, that listen, listen. Having having listened to you, Brad. Oh no. Here uh, I get it. Talk about all those god awful venom and carnage minis that you buy. <laughs> I mean, literally, all they have to do is put the name on the book, and you'll buy it. Regardless of how of the cover, right? In this I, case, yes. After hearing after hearing years of those when we were doing satellites together, <laughs> I don't question anything, oh, no matter how stupid it Venom. sounds. Jr. can say anything dumb about Venom, and you're good. In regards to Venom and <laughs> Carnage, literally anything <laughs> that can be said. Oh. is believable. All right. Well, no, let's, really let's move on. People that they're sleep, he's been sleeping in caves, and the guy yeah. says, don't you hate snakes? I hate snakes. And Eddie says, no, I just hate spiders. Roll credits. There we go. Go to the letters page. Uh, you want to do web, spec, or parallel lies? Let's do, well, first of all, let, let's do web and spec. Uh, okay. Web issue, issue, issue number 50 and 150 of spec. 50 of web. Yeah, this is, um, we are in this case, we are smack dab in the middle of the Lobo brothers gang war, you know, where basically it's a couple of werewolves, a couple of Spanish, a couple of Mexican werewolves. One of them was dating uh, glory. Glory Grant. Yes, yep. that's right. Yeah. That's right. You know, so we have what, what what we do have is we don't we have we we don't have an American werewolf in London, but we have two Mexican werewolves in in New York. So anyway, so a big gang war because Jer- guess what? They want to become the gang lord rulers of New York. Jerry Conway <laughs> writing Alex Savick on pencils. And how many times have we seen a gang war because someone wants to run all the gangs in New York or they want to topple the kingpin? Oh, boy. We haven't seen that plot 800 million effing times in the Marvel Universe. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Web of Spider-Man number 50. Um, you know, and you, and you know, it's a special issue, boys and girls, because see, it has little 50s on little, little gold. And they're in gold. We have an embossed cover, don't we? Well, no, it's not embossed. It's just a little. Uh, it, I don't think it's embossed. No, it's not. It just just they have a little gold bunch of gold fifties. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's a pretty special one. Plus, it has all kinds of inconsequential guest stars. Um, anyway, like uh, Willow Wisp, Rocket Racer, Prowler, Puma, Sandman, uh, and Sable, Silver Sable, and Silver Sable. That's right. Uh, so the story opens with Nick Katzenberg. And I believe, I believe this might be Nick's first appearance. Actually. Uh, he's a uh, scumbag paparazzi who happened to catch pictures of Spider-Man stealing from, uh, the, 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 the townhouse of a Winston Walker. Who's a big shot member of the 1%. Uh, Spidey has actually stolen some stuff and Nick has gotten pictures of it. And, and Jonah is just delirious with joy, you know, and, uh, Katz, you know, he says, how much you want, Katzenberg? Whatever, you know, a thousand dollars. I'll give you five thousand, ten thousand. Oh, don't make me bang. You know, but all Katzenberg want Katzenberg wants is a job. And Jonah gives it to him. So Katzenberg is now officially on the bugle payroll where he will uh make Peter miserable. 
for several years uh, before yeah. he then dies, starts dying of cancer. And then all of a sudden Peter starts feeling sorry for him, mm-hmm. you know, instead, instead say, Nick, I'm going to stand here and watch you die so I can spit on your corpse, which is what I would do if I were Peter Parker. But yep. now, wait a minute, Brad, I didn't say any nerdy, naughty words or didn't, you know, no, make any I- in your- Oh, okay. okay. Keep going. Keep going. You're okay. good. You're oh, fine. I, I, th- I thought you were going to like lecture me on my lack of humanity. No, passion, no. You, but anyway, you, you, you're, you got a cold heart. Keep, keep freezing, <laughs> baby. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, we're up to 16. Oh, we, that 16, my, 16 people. That rant cost me a viewer. Um, 16 anyway. people watching you right now. And they're not so, really talking They're They are listening to story time with Jr. I actually think Jr. has probably put them to sleep. Unfortunately. No, right um, in. If that, you're watching on YouTube, we will anyway. read the comments. So Spider-Man, you know, so Jonah just absolutely thrown to death. And so, you know, he's, uh, you know, he basically is going singing and dancing to his apartment. Uh, and he hasn't been this happy since his first night out with Marla Madison. Uh, but, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, Jonah walks in and pzz, He's gassed. He's knocked out. And a figure is standing over him going, oh, this is very, very good. Anyway, so, well, of course, the news that Spidey has stolen uh, is getting attention from all kinds of people like Puma, who can follow Spider-Man by smelling him. Uh, (laughs) Rocket Racer, Will of the Wisp, the Prowler. Now, this is the Hobie Brown, the real Prowler, not Aaron Davis, you know, the ultimate Prowler, because nothing in the ultimate universe matters, boys and girls. (laughs) I don't care. You know, I don't care how many mergers they do, or I don't care how, you know, nothing from the ultimate universe matters. Except Miles Morales. No, no, no. no. Yeah, he does. I like Miles. No, no. All right, go ahead. Prowler and then Sandman. Okay, so... Anyway, this Walker, this this Winston Walker guy, uh, he's he's really nervous about you know because he's kind of figured out the plot already. <laughs> is that uh, what if this was just a con by you know that Spider Man was really after something else? So what happens is uh, he winds up driving to uh, this 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 uh, isolated place on Long Island or Staten Island, Staten Island. That's right, because apparently of the five boroughs, nobody goes to Staten Island, Staten Island if they, you know, unless they're forced to. I guess I, I'm not sure what that whole thing is about the. It's like the, the, the it's like the, the 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 what is what is Staten Island? It's like the least of the five boroughs, or the the disrespected cousin of the five boroughs, or the black sheep of the five. Boroughs. Anyway, so. So he goes there and he's hidden this canister and Spider-Man, of course, has followed him out there saying, aha, 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 you know, I knew you were going to lead me to this. Aha, aha. But anyway, uh, well, so Spider-Man gets a canister and he takes it to Silver Sable, you know, Silver Sable, who's, who's, you know, the, the, the princess of Smimkaria, you know, and a character I've never really figured out or never figured out her popularity or anything, to be honest. I like her, but. You'll, you'll see your movie with her someday. If hey, uh, somebody George, has their way. George, Brad likes her. That makes it okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. You I, like Stable, don't you, George? Come on. Silver Stable? Yeah, I just don't yeah. I, I don't trust Sony to do yeah. anything worthwhile with her. Yeah. Or anything for that matter. <laughs> All right, go <laughs> ahead. About to say, let's say let's see let's see what, what they do to Morbius. Uh and uh we'll we'll you know we'll see if the that makes the late Kevin Cushion even later. Um and, and, <laughs> So, so, so Spider-Man, you know, brings the canister to, to, to Silver Sable, but then everybody all of a sudden bursts in, you know, Puma, who has followed Spider-Man by his smell, you know, Puma thinks that Spider-Man is dishonorable now and, you know, because he stole and uh, the, the rocket racer and, uh, and the prowler uh, who said, you know, we all, we thought you were one of the good guys and, you know, you did all kinds of cool things for us. And, uh, you know, rocket racer, you know, oh, you convinced me to give up crime and my, and I went for my engineering degree and stuff. And uh, now you're just a con- and crook, so they're gonna come and beat up Spider-Man. And then Sandman shows up and says, Ah, you know, uh Spidey is a cool guy, you know. And there's just, just pages just wasted on this worthless fight. Um and then finally, the truth is this canister held a bunch of secret financial records of all kinds of crooked dealings, and Spider-Man, you know, stole that stuff uh to, to get the guy to uh, go out you know, to where the, the, the financial transactions were hidden, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, just, it, it, it was kind of, kind of a, just a 
dumb story and uh not, not worthy of an anniversary issue huh no not hardly worthy of an anniversary issue at all uh and then um so Peter gets back home to Mary Jane and I can't talk about it, boys and girls. Okay. You know, I can't talk about it, but here is what use your imagination of what Peter and Mary Jane are getting ready to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. You see that boys and girls. Okay. Real close now. All right. Anyway. So, so anyway, they start getting ready yeah. and then Aunt May burst in. Oh, Oh dear. Oh, you know, she was bringing them milk and cookies. I, oh no, no cocoa. I yeah. thought you youngsters might enjoy some nice hot cocoa to warm your bones for a good night's sleep. <laughs> and Peter goes, aunt may, we appreciate the thought, but we're already warming our bones. <laughs> I didn't make that up. No, you, make that up. It's right there in the college right here from 30 right years here. ago. No, Jared's not making stuff yeah. up anyway. And, Oh, Aunt May says, oh, dear, I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting that you two are married. I mean, after all, it would have been perfectly acceptable for me to walk in on you when you weren't married, you know. <laughs> but now that you're married, I can't walk in on you. God, I mean, you know, I, I, how can uh, I don't know. Are, was there anybody? Was there is there anybody even old people as stupid as Aunt May was in these <laughs> comics? You know, I mean, I really, <sighs> by the way, so. welcome to John slash Ubaltin. I don't catch many of these podcasts. I enjoy watching these and you guys are always fun to watch. So thanks for watching us live on YouTube. Vinkman <laughs> well, yeah. likes the Puma and he also likes silver sable. He bought both Marvel legends figure. Vinkman's out 40 bucks. He likes these people so much. <sighs> You know, and you know what, Vinkman, you're the th type of person I'm probably going to stand behind, you know, because you're going to be buying lottery tickets <laughs> to try to make up for those foolish purchases of yours. 40 bucks. You yeah. Know? That's funny. Uh, All right. Go ahead. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson's tied to a bed. Oh, next that's, right. that's right. The that's yeah. right. Because Setting it up. J. J. Jonah Jameson, you know, he goes home and all of a sudden there's J. Jonah Jameson lying chain on the bed. Wait a minute. There's two Jonas. But Oh, you know, we find out that the one, the Jonah who's up and walking is the chameleon. Yeah. And the chameleon, of course, is all part of this nefarious 11 part Lobo gang war yeah. to take control of the crime, you know, be big crime lord of New York. Yon, 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 yon. Yeah. So as if one anniversary issue wasn't enough, Spec also had the 150th issue this month. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't do anything special. There were no little special colored 150s or whatever. Maybe because uh, they didn't think people would buy two anniversary issues in one month. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, after all, Marvel thinks, Marvel thinks that people are going to be stupid enough to buy 25 variant covers. Yeah, uh, this, is not, this is 89, though. Ah, uh, that's true. This is before the nineties and they, yeah. and the, the nineties happened and they lost their minds. So anyway, yeah. spectacular Spider-Man number one fifty, which is the next part of this massive Lobo brothers arc, but it also continues the utterly, the, the, the similarly idiotic story of, uh, Robbie Robertson. Okay. Cause the first page, the first page is the whole, whole page of Robbie standing there you know, and then guilty because as you know, boys and girls, 20 years ago in Philadelphia, as Bruce Springsteen pronounces it, um, Robbie saw tombstone, kill a mob enforcer. And he kept quiet about it because, you know, when a mob enforcer kills somebody and you see it and they threaten to kill your family, you know, you Kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, you do kind of have a crisis of confidence, yeah. but anyway, 20 years later, it gets found and Robbie is just going to be completely stupid. He's going to be completely stupid. Say, yeah, I'm guilty because I saw this and I didn't do anything about it. And of course it goes through the legal system really quick, which nothing goes through the legal system really. By the quick. way, this is also written by Jerry Conway who did that last story. Yeah. At this time, Conway was writing both web, both web, both web and spec and our, our pal Sal on pencils again. You and Sal, I tell you, you know, well, like so if, you, love if you love Sal so much, why don't you just marry? Well, we're both married, you know? so that that wouldn't work out. Oh, <laughs> oh let's see here. Let's see. Oh, uh, we have more comments on YouTube. I just, um, oh, Vinkman, I got a bunch of Marvel Legends dirt cheap because the guy was selling them without the build of figure pieces. Wow. 
<laughs> that's, that's all, I mean, after all, why would you? I, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know. Sa- you know, Sam's Tangled Web says that, that that Jonah story was one of the chameleon's best stories. Would you agree, JR? No, no. What, what's chameleon's best story? Uh, probably uh, Paul Jenkins, uh, the, the, uh, the Mary Jane and the Bat. No, uh, the the first one that Paul Jenkins did when he uh, was um, when he did uh, Tangled Web was it Tangled Web or was it uh, Web Spinners? I think it was oh, no. Web Spinners. Web. Anyway, and remember the story when it was Paul Jenkins' first Spider-Man story, and he asked, since he was going to do the Chameleon, he asked whether or not he had to pay attention to uh, Burns Chapter One, and Marvel said, "Nah, no." Nah. <laughs> that, that that was probably the 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 I think my favorite Chameleon story uh, because it kind of. Uh, went into the psychosis of somebody who has no identity of his own. And that's yeah. why he keeps taking the identity of others. But anyway, um, so, um, well, there, you know, Sam's Tangle web, Sal Busima is awesome. There you go. You gotta get yeah. another member of the Busima party there for you. Yeah. Anyway, so back to Robbie, so back to, back to Robbie, who this whole story and the judge, of course, is going to sentence Robbie to three years in jail because of the seriousness, the seriousness, the seriousness of this crime. And it's like, you know, are you, are you watching the, which uh, the thing is Conway was a story editor for law and order. One of the law and orders. Yeah. This sounds like Spider-Man law and order, doesn't it? <laughs> dun, dun. And nothing. I mean, again, nothing makes sense here. No, there is no way. No, there, no, there is no way any of this would have remotely happened. You know, nobody would have sent the Robbie to jail for it, for, for this. None. No, whatsoever. Anyway. Um, so, Katzenberg is there, Nick Katzenberg, because we just met him in the previous issue, and he's trying to take photos. Uh, well, Randy Robertson is getting steamed, and it goes after Katzenberg, and Peter breaks up the fight, which happens to break Katzenberg's camera. Uh, but and uh, but Jonah is awful cuddly with with Katzenberg, you know, and you know, uh, and Peter saying Jonah, that's utterly disgusting that Nick would try to do that. And Jonah says, well, news is news, my boy. <laughs> Peter saying, hmm, you know, my spire since has been tingling pretty funny. No doubt. Jonah, lately, I wonder why. Well, of course we know why, because the real Jonah's back, you know, held captive and this is really the chameleon. So anyway, held, um, held up on the bed, like uh, Dabney Coleman and nine to five. Come on, somebody. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, a good I, reference. Come on. Dabney Coleman, remember him in 9 to 5? Now, are you ta- okay, you're talking about the movie 9 to 5, right? Not the yeah. musical 9 to 5? Okay, the well, movie I haven't seen the musical. Cool. Everybody's seen the movie, I think. Well, yeah, well, the musical, not too many people saw the musical. It didn't last very long. Yeah, uh, the, yeah Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dabney like, Coleman. And, I, saw uh, the, I saw it in the theater as a little kid. I, I, I love that movie. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I was, I think, I, I think I saw that when I was in college, you know, yeah. you know, because I had absolutely nothing else to do on a Friday night because I had no friends and I had no girlfriend, you know? And so I just said, well, I ain't got nothing to do. I'll just go watch this stupid ass, stupid movie. So you know? Did you tumble out of bed and walk into the kitchen? Did you pour yourself a shot of ambition? Cup, George, can you stop it? Stop him, George. Please stop him. I can't. Were you oh, working sorry. nine to five, perhaps? Oh my god! <laughs> Were you trying to make a living? <laughs> All right, boys and girls, boys and girls out there on the uh, the interwebs, is Brad funny? No. Oh, let's let let's 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 pitch it to the let's go to the sixteen viewers at the moment. Is Brad funny? Is Brad funny? There uh, there will be a slight delay. This will only end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so stop uh, anyway. So uh, okay, okay, I lost my okay. Now, so Spider Man as Peter goes out of Spider Man, he starts swinging. He happens to be by, go by Fist Tower. He says, "You know what? Robbie wouldn't have got gotten in all this trouble if Tombstone hadn't showed up, and Tombstone hadn't wouldn't have showed up if the Kingpin hadn't brought him to, called him to New York. So you know what? It's all the Kingpin's fault. So I'm going to Fist Tower, and I'm going to kick the Kingpin's. Yeah. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but before he could go kick the Kingpin's, I mean, oh my breath! Sometimes he is. Thank you, Sam. Yes, sometimes I, I am. Sam, you're relatively new, right? And you're just trying to curry favor with the host, right? Uh, <laughs> By the anyway. way, John says Brad is a little funny. And Jonathan Lopez says we're always optimistic about Brad's humor. 
in other words, you're optimistic that one day he will be funny, right? All right. Keep, uh, hey, hey, come on. Let's go. Let's get these Lobo brothers or fights. Let's set, fight some werewolves. Anyway, so <laughs> some werewolves. So, but Spider-Man, he, before he goes to see the Kingpin, he's interrupted by a, by cries for help from a subway kiosk there because he's hanging around Grand Central Station. Uh, and um, so he goes and all these goons have been, you know, slaughtered. And then he sees... A creature his mind tells him cannot possibly exist. In the Marvel Universe? <laughs> well, not even that, not even just that, but a creature his mind tells him cannot exist. Okay. By this time, he's already met the man wolf and werewolf by night. All right. And <laughs> man thing a couple man of man years thing. ago. Yeah. And who created man wolf? Uh, Jade. Uh, the the rock with the John James. No, 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 no. Who the writer? Who created? Oh, the Jerry Conway. Yeah. Jerry oh, Conway, the, same, uh, the same Jerry Conway. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so in Spider Man, uh, he's he's disoriented now because he sees this creature who cannot possibly exist, even though he's met variations of the same creature before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he lets the wolf get away. Spider-Man finds out that one of the goons is still alive and the goon is saying, tell the boss that we were set up. And uh, Spider-Man goes, who's your boss? The Kingpin. And Spider-Man says, well, I'm going to go see him. So Spider-Man shows up the Kingpin's place. All right. And um, he says, uh, oh my gosh, have I got my pages out of order? you're just missing some stuff with robbie's uh, wife brian uh, oh, oh man so well i'm just gonna have to i'm just gonna have to wing it i guess the rest of the way oh, george we've never had this happen george uh, he's winging it he's off script no wait, so, this is that oh no here we here we go i found it i found it so oh. spidey drops in on the kingpin to tell him that someone is killing his foot soldiers which the kingpin doesn't believe or he would have been told and Spidey says, well, fat butt, I guess somebody's keeping secrets from you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, so Spider-Man, you know, then swings out because at this time in the continuity, the arranger, we talked about him earlier, folks, on Friday night fights. Yes. Uh, you know, so the, the arranger is the Kingman's right hand man. Actually, we haven't. This is the May oh. <laughs> fighter history. You I'm are predicting you're predicting Friday predicting night fights the, in June. How could I'm you pre- do that? I'm predicting the future. Well, you're predicting the future. How did he do it, J- George? See, see, folks, I'm not. I just don't make stuff up. You know, Satanism. I know stuff. <laughs> Mephisto told him sorcery. <laughs> sorcery. <laughs> so, so anyway, so anyway, uh, Joey Mercado, who we who will be mentioned. In a future Friday night fights, um, yeah, she's hanging around Glory Grant's apartment, saying, "You know, Glory's been acting kind of distant lately. Ever since she's been dating that uh, Spanish dude, and uh, then all of a, then all of a sudden, you know, she's Joy says, "Is that a, is that somebody? Is that a man crawling into Glory's apartment? Oh boy, the yeah, the girl's up to a lot lately." So anyway, so back at Glory's apartment, we're at Glory's apartment. She stumbles out of the shower to find her boyfriend, Eduardo Lobo, lying naked and bleeding on a floor rug. Nothing suspicious about that at all. Okay. And uh, so he says that an evil man is trying to kill me. An evil man called the Kingpin. And he and his brother have to destroy the Kingpin. And now we start to get it to why Eduardo Lobo is dating Glory Grant, because Glory works at the Bugle. The bugle has information on the kingpin. Glory will get him that information <laughs> because she loves him. And if she loves him, she'll do it. And he drops the towel around him. <laughs> Drop the towel. And, and we, um, then we cut to, to Robbie. And then we cut in the shower. No, Robbie's not in the shower with Glory. Robbie is being sentenced to three years in the federal pen at Lewisburg. He's taken to prison. In the last panel, we see that the prisoner in the cell next to him is Tombstone. 
Yeah. To be continued. Good, and I don't good uh, cliffhanger on that one. No, it wasn't uh, a good cliffhanger. Well, yeah, Man, this, was, this, was, this whole thing was stupid. Aww. I mean, and I never got the weird thing between Tombstone and Robbie. It's like, it just was weird, you know, yeah. you know, and then they go like, then they break out of jail and, uh, you know, they go, uh, they midnight run it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, They break out of jail and they fall into hillbilly it's, country. It's crazy, Spider-Man, Spider-Man meets these two hillbillies, you know? Uh, what, oh what was yeah. You know? And then, yeah. and then Robbie stabs tombstone with a pitchfork and tombstone walks away crying. I thought we were friends, Robbie. None of it made any sense. You know, a character oh, that is, he must have been on Quaaludes when he was writing this. A character uh, hasn't been messed with in a good 20 years. And really, Conway's the only one that really did much with her is Gloria Grant. I like her a lot. And it's well, it's a shame she's not in the books more often. What, well, you guys more like her? I do. I've always liked Gloria. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's okay. Is she in the... Is she... Uh, Working at the Bugle still, or what's Glory's latest? I, I haven't heard her in a long time. Well, she was working when JJ became mayor in New York. She was his press yeah, that's, secretary. That's right. Like that. Press secretary. That's right. Yeah. But she anyway. quit that job. I don't know what happened to her. Uh, by the way, JR asked earlier if Brad is funny. Vinkman says Brad is only funny when he's unintentionally funny. When he tries to deliberately be funny, not so much. Well, Vinkman, it's been nice knowing you. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got one more to wrap this month up, correct? We got one more. It's a big one. It's, it's a big you, Both literally and metaphorically. How, see how, let me see, see that price see, tag on Parallel Live. The graphic in, novel. How much did you pay for it? Well, in 1989. I'm guessing like seven bucks. Nope. In 1989, I bought this at the book broker in Evansville, yeah. Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I paid eight ninety five. Eight ninety five, but it was on really good paper. But it's, it's got, see this yeah. cover. See, you can hear the cover makes a noise when you hit it. You know yeah, that's a thick, great that's a solid paper. cover. Yeah. Um. Again, Jerry Conway wrote a third book this month. I like I like that uh, that a review or an encapsulation of something can can be let off with. It's got a good sound and cover. <laughs> that, if you ever get on to me about if the cover looks good again, I, the question now for JR is, does it sound good? <laughs> I haven't gotten on to you about the cover thing in a long time. I know it, but JR does. But, you know, but Brad was questioning why I paid eight ninety five. Now, come on. The cover makes noise. Well, you anyway. know, back in the day, those Marvel graphic novels were a big deal. Like the, they were, you, and they you, were, you, you they were good. You knew you were getting your money's worth generally for those. You got painted artwork sometimes. Uh, you got a good story, like the annuals used to mean mm-hmm. something. So this this is and and they pitched it with how did Mary Jane find out Spider Man is yeah, this, that's this, a good pitch. This is um you know, in, in, a, in a way, I'm almost, uh, I guess I should dedicate the rest of this podcast to uh, Chi-Town, uh, since Chi-Town's a big Mary Jane fan, right? Yeah. I mean, he, I think he, we all are. He, well, we all are, but I mean, I think Chi-Town's got a little bit more feelings for her or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, almost in an unhealthy kind of way. Um, but um so, but no, this, 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 this boys and girls, I, I really, I really didn't think about it in this way until Brad actually, uh, you know, mentioned it as a potential reason to review this month. And I thought about it. And I said, you know, parallel lives really is kind of one of your, if you're a Spider-Man comic fan yeah. of a long time, this is one of your must haves. This is one of your, this is one of your cornerstones. Uh, you know, and even though the, uh, even, the, even though Joe Casada and cronies <laughs> have tried to destroy this relationship, 30 years later, we're still talking about this book. We're, we're still talking about this book. They even reissued it, I think, at one time. Oh, yeah, they have. Uh, and, uh, I mean, but but this book is still – and really, it's one of it's, – it's funny. It's uh, one of Jerry Conway's uh, lasting contributions, really. I would agree. Um, by, by the way, uh, in the YouTube chat, JR has a big fan. Matt Bird found out that you were a voice actor on the Thwips Studios animated motion comics where you played Norman Osborn. <laughs> so your groupie is here, G- George. <laughs> uh, George. Matt, I'm sorry, JR. 
Uh, Matt, uh, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, however, I would put quotes around that word act. <laughs> no, you you delivered Norman quite well. Uh, you call him a groupie, Brad? Yeah, Matt is. Uh, That's terrifying. What? What? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. No, it's just isn't a groupie a, fa a fan of someone? No, a groupie's a little more than a fan, Brad. Oh. So. Like, like they have. I'll explain it to you off air, bro. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. I, I, I should say, Matt, maybe, wow. maybe when you get a little older in a couple of years maybe, or whatever. I'm, I'm saying maybe Matt is a big fan of JR. How about oh, that? Okay. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, but uh, anyway, thank you, Matt. But, uh, but uh, calling me an actor is, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but no, I, I, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing those Swift studios. Thanks for Jonathan. It was, uh, yeah. I just had a blast doing Norman. I mean, it's just, it's just fun to play somebody who is just completely out of his mind. Like you so, had to stretch. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a real stretch. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, getting back to parallel lives. Um, now it's, it, this is a, this is, this is a, uh, uh, for any serious Spider-Man fan, this is a, this is a must-have to your your collection, yeah. and um, it's 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 a it's a story that's very well told, and and, and fun. It's funny because it involves Doc Ock as well, and it kind of ties him in all of this, which you know Doc Ock in a way you know has recently in recent years became more significant uh, uh, in in Spider-Man for you know basically killing him and taking over his body and stuff. But anyway, yeah. so so what the story does. Uh, is it, it sets up Peter and Mary Jane telling uh, uh, basically their life stories and how they met uh, side by side. You know, first of all, uh, Peter will talk a little bit about, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was a nerdy little kid or whatever. And, and uh, once upon a, you know, uh, uh, once upon a time, my parents who were government agents uh, left me on the doorstep of my aunt May and uncle Ben. And then they went to get killed by the red skull. And then, uh, but it really wasn't the real red skull. It was an imposter red skull. And then they came back, you know, because they apparently had been in a concentration camp for 20 years, but it turned out they weren't them and they were really robots. <laughs> But that's another story for a later time. Yeah. Anyway, so he starts out, and then so so then we get we we get Mary Jane's perspective on on her her childhood. You know, her father was a uh, a mean drunk uh, and a failed writer, uh, and um, you know his his her then her mother left, uh, and so and so we get her story from her perspective, and you know Peter, you know she first sees Peter, you know when he's she's 13 and he's 14 and he's out raking leaves and she said, well, he's kind of cute in a nerdy sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, you know, we all know Mary, what Mary Jane's running from Mary Jane's running from, you know, uh, her, her childhood and, uh, her parents' divorce. And then her, her sister winds up getting married at an early age, gets pregnant, has two kids, her husband leaves, you know? And so she's adopted this party personality to, to basically get away from all this. And my only really, only real gripe with this story is the way Mary Jane talks. I just, I, even all these years later, it just doesn't ring true that anybody actually talked like this uh and acted like what, this well Even, it, it, it's following the the 60s mary jane if anything what did, the party girl that's running from an abusive family yeah i know but does anybody talk like this you yeah. know like like uh you know when um like here uh when uh, her sister wants her to help set the the dishes or whatever and well wouldn't want flamingo red nail polish all over aunt may's good china now would we <laughs> you know talking about my guy and yeah she starts singing my guy he's like okay you know it's like this girl's got problems but yep. uh, but anyway so she'll make some and anna says she'll make some man very happy someday and <laughs> uh, so so anyway this goes so this goes through where where Aunt May is trying to to set. Uh, actually, they're both trying to set each other up. Uh, Aunt May is trying to set uh, uh, Peter up with Mary Jane because she'll make a good housewife for him someday. And, and another thing that's fun in this in this book is that uh, your buddy, another one of your buddies, you have a lot of artist buddies, mm -hmm. uh, but this one you actually forked over money to Alex Alex Suviak Savak. Yeah, Savick, Alex Savick, um, you know, who who actually did a commission for you, right? He did. I'm looking at it right now. It says two Brad yeah. in the Spider-Man crawl space. Yeah. Get, so, you drew uh, me an upside down Spider-Man Mary Jane kiss. Yep. But um, 
anyway, so he does, I mean, they, he does a very good job. Actually. He, uh, uh, he and Conway of, of duplicating yes, he does. Uh, a lot of the original panels and a lot of the original dialogue. What's neat. Uh, I think about the art is uh, I I've always thought Savick reminds me a lot of Romita senior, but if you look at this origin, it's like if you had Romita do the origin and, and with Ditko influences, it's, it's a very interesting, the art is one of my favorite things about this book. It's, it's, it's a good looking book. I mean, it really yeah. is. And, and, and it reminds me, I was, as I was going through this, I was thinking, you know, this is how you update. I mean, they basically took the same story, mm-hmm. a lot of the same dialogue, you know, and, 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 and it still, it still rings true. It didn't need to be updated. It didn't need modern references. You yeah. know, it, it didn't need, uh, you know, something changed to make it more quote unquote relevant. I mean, Spider-Man's origin is a pretty good origin yeah. for the most part. And, and it stands the test of time. I mean, yeah, you got to take out re- uh, references to the cha-cha and the waltz with some smart aleck brought up one time when I said that Spider-Man's origin wasn't as dated as like the Fantastic Fours or the Hulks because those were tied to the uh, Iron Man because those were tied to the Cold War. And then some smart aleck thought he was funny saying, oh, what about the reference to the Charlton and the waltz? You know, dumbass. And, uh, couple things on the YouTube chat. Joey says Sad Savick is only known as the artist on web. He's also known as the, uh, the penciler on the uh, Spider-Man newspaper strip for 20 plus years too. But this is his best work. I think Alex Savick also Vinkman wants to know, do you agree with the retcon that Mary Jane knew Peter was Spider-Man all along or should she have figured it out on her own? I'm getting to that. Okay, Vinkman. We'll, we'll get your answer later after we get through the recap. But but anyway, so anyway, Vinkman brings up uh, to give uh, Parallel Lives has been reprinted. Uh, oh, what again in one of the recent Epic Collection trades? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. they, they reprinted it when uh, like Amazing Two Fifty Nine was out, which was like the Mary Jane origin. They probably put it with that collection, if I had to guess. It's also. And Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, I think a, a reprint book, too. I think it was in that. But I could go on. Anyway, anyway keep, we're keep going. Sure, sure. Uh, so so anyway, so now the story, the story, the mutual story uh, 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 gets to the point where uh, Peter gets bitten by the spider and becomes Spider-Man. And he's uh, and then he finds out that Uncle Ben has been murdered. And so he runs in the house. And Mary Jane actually is next door at Aunt Anna's, Anna, Anna Watson's house. Uh, and, uh, May is, uh, you know, May is obviously in shock. I mean, she's just watched her husband of 40 odd year, 50, you know, murdered right in front of her eyes. Um, and, um, so, you know, and so Mary Jane is, is I mean, she's really restless, you know, just really, you know, she, she just hates being there. I mean, just, she's just surrounded by all this human misery, you know? So she's just looking out the window and she sees Peter rush in, you know, and then, and then, you know, she keeps watching. And then she sees Spider-Man yeah. crawl out. That was the big reveal. And then she, and see, she's always kind of been fascinated with Spider-Man anyway, because, you know, she's watching him, you know, he's, he's at this point in time, Spider-Man's a, a move, uh, entertainment personality, you know? So she's watching this guy in this costume and this mask, just acting up and having all sorts of fun. Like he doesn't have a care in the world, you know? And she's just, you know, I just kind of, God, I wish I could be well, like that. R- you know? Real quick to back you up just a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite things is this talk that we'd never seen before between uncle Ben and Peter out on the front porch talking about aunt May's And I've noticed a change uh, in you over the last few weeks, uh, change for the good. What's your secret? You got yourself a girl, uncle Ben asks, And he says, no, no such luck. Uh, Doesn't but, it kind of remind you in a way of the yeah. uh, exchange with Cliff Robertson, you know, Peter, you're changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But that, that was just a nice little uncle Ben scene, which I always love. Yeah, it's, 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 you kind of wonder if Peter would have, which he probably would have. I mean, he probably would have fessed up to Uncle Ben and Aunt May eventually. Uh, But uh, I mean, he would have had to fess up once money started rolling in, you know? But it's (laughs) it's an interesting choice for Conway to put Mary Jane Nolan right from Amazing Fantasy 15. That's interesting. That is, this is, yeah. And I was, I was, you know, and and that's what I was about to say here. This probably, I mean, there's been a lot of retcons in, in Spider-Man's history. Uh, this, uh, I, this is arguably the biggest one of all. Um, 
you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, maybe Norman being alive after being dead for 22 years or something, but wiping out the marriage is a big retcon. Mary Jane, no one from the beginning, Norman coming back. I can't think of a couple more that are bigger There's, than those three, but, but it's one that when you think about it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. obviously, if you now, obviously, it's like any other retcon, you know, uh, it, it falls apart. You know, if you, you know, you look at all the stories and you, it's obvious Mary Jane didn't know that Peter was Spider-Man, you know, I mean, and I, I think I, I brought up an example once in the, uh, the uh, Mirage issue when uh, Ned, yeah. and Betty, Ned and Betty got married, you know, and uh, Mary Jane, you know, brings attention to everybody that Peter's not there. Right, right as Spider-Man walks in. But so, as the, but, that, they just got married two years prior it kind of makes it nice this retcon like they've been soulmates and well, meant to be forever it, it makes sense because when when mary jane was put in the title yeah. uh i mean really in a way she should have had nothing to do with somebody like peter parker yeah you know i mean mary jane was you know mary jane was a fox mary jane was you know she had and, and she so eloquently put it here in this story she had guys drooling over her shoes you know she could have had any she could have had anybody she wanted you know uh <laughs> she, she harry obviously wanted her yeah. <laughs> you know well, and speaking, harry had speaking a, of osborne's jonathan just pointed out on youtube chat uh, Norman having sex with Gwen. Yeah. That was a big retcon too. That, uh, that, that one was, was not as successful. Yeah. That, that was, a, that was a pretty big retcon yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, th but this, this was really a man, but, but yeah, I mean, when you, this was a major, major retcon. I mean, basically yeah. going back literally to Spider-Man's very first appearance and saying that, you know, she knew. that Mary J that all this time that she really knew. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and like I said, to, I mean, yeah, it would have been nice, you know, to have a story where she put two and two together. Uh, but it makes sense though, because she, you know, like I said, really a girl like Mary Jane would have had nothing to do with somebody like Peter Parker, but she always hung around him yeah. and she hung around, she hung around his, his crew, you know? And it's like, she just always kind of found a way to insert herself. And it was obvious that she liked him. You know, and, and so you're thinking this really doesn't make any sense, you know, when she could do, you know, have anybody. And, uh, but the, the thing was, is she knew she was fascinated, uh, by the, the whole dichotomy it of sounds Peter. like you like the retcon. JR. Oh yeah. I like the retcon. I agree. George, so, did, so George, did you like the retcon? Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I, hi, I'm George Berman. Have we met? I mean, yeah, I, I know, but <laughs> I, I, I it, it it makes sense and it, it's a retcon that works yeah. as opposed yeah. to one that's forced like uh Gwen and Norman well this this kind of and it also kind of defies the whole again again the 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 Casada Marvel's argument that the marriage was forced you know mm -hmm. i mean it's obvious i mean and these people you know they they've been they've been close for some time they've been best friends and they they had something that tied them together at the very beginning but but you know it it made sense because well that was always a specious argument it, 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 yeah. that, that never ever had any merit at whatsoever and i and, and honestly i, I believe Quesada knows that <laughs> i yeah, do I, I think Quesada full well knows it and, and this is something too to, to I bring up because, uh, you know, in the in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, which uh, it, uh, I don't know, they had their problems, obviously. But you know, when when Emma Stone and I think it was Emma Stone that said this that, well, you know, Gwen Stacy loved Peter Parker, but Mary Jane loved Spider-Man or what, and it's like or loved Peter because he was Spider-Man. It's like, no, 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 no. You, no. you know, one that's completely wrong. But there is a little bit of something to it because of the type of man that Peter Parker was and, and, and the one good line that came out of, uh, uh, Carrie Andrews, Spider-Man rain, you know, which was pretty well a waste, yeah. but, but in Peter's, when he Peter's was imagining talking to Mary Jane years after she's dead and Mary Jane tells him in this dream, Peter, I didn't fall in love with you because you could put your fist through flash Thompson's skull. I fell in love with you because you could, but chose not to. Yeah, that's a good so, line. And it was. It was a great line, and it it, it, it it actually encapsulates a relationship perfectly. It wasn't because he was Spider-Man, but it was because he was someone who had the power of Spider-Man, but chose to use it wisely. You know, it was the man, you know, not the superhero, but it was the man, the man who had this great power, 
but chose to use it for the betterment of mankind. Right. That was what she fell in love with. Not she fell in love with Spider-Man. But anyway, yeah. so anyway, I tried to, this is going on kind of long anyway, but uh, it kind of wraps up, wraps in Doc Ock's origin in there. Um, and, and so we kind of follow his origin and his story when he first meets Aunt May and, and, uh, and he, so he's, so it, it, Conway tries to kind of, I guess Conway tries to justify the whole uh, marriage thing when he was going to marry Aunt May a little bit, but, uh, you know, saying that, you know, be it, you know, cause Ock goes is a border at Aunt May's house for a while. Uh, and he start, you know, first he just wants to hide out from the cops, but, uh, he starts to kind of like May. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't think Doc Ock ever, I, I ultimately yell. I don't think Doc Ock liked her that way. But I think Doc Ock just, you know, having had a, a, a smothering mother, a worthless father, you know, he just kind of liked someone taking care of him, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, but Peter by, you know, ruins that, of course, by saying, oh my God, you're Dr. Octopus, you're a super criminal. What are you doing in here? So, so Doc, then Doc starts, you know, hating Peter Parker. And this all kind of, you know, ra- uh, follows into the story uh, where, after Peter and Mary Jane are married, Doc Ock sends like a little flying octo robot uh, into their house, and uh, you know, with a note that says, "Deliver Spider-Man, or I'll kill your family." And and uh, so ultimately, Spider-Man goes and fights Doc Ock and beats him, or whatever. And you know, Mary Jane and he, and and then you know, Mary Jane or Peter says, uh, "Mary Jane, it's happened again. You know, some psycho has threatened my family. I can't, you know, you can't, I can't, I can't have you around me anymore." And and basically, Mary Jane says, "You know, we're in." this for better or for worse dude uh uh, so what is it i i took a risk the day i decided to meet you i chose life over fear i chose today over yesterday and left tomorrow to tomorrow so and then they hug and everything like that and we all collectively sigh and say oh but now this is uh this is uh an an, an, this is an essential part of the spider-man your spider-man collection no doubt so the question remains is this good month is (laughs) is may 1989 a good month you said yes it's a pivotal month yeah, it was a pretty good month. Uh, the web of Spider-Man 50 and Spec 150 were pretty much waste. Uh, but, you know, you you, all, you had, well, obviously you had parallel lives. You had the return of Venom, uh, who, who you know, again, at his, at his, uh, at his, be- as a psychopathic best. Uh, yeah. And to be honest, I, I had issues with McFarlane's art, but I, I, I think he did. I think his Venom, just the, you know, the huge you know, long teeth, uh, and, and before the tongue and the drool and the brain eating bit, you know, uh, I, 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 and I think he, I thought, I thought he made Brock look scary. I thought he, you yeah. know, Brock had a certain psychopathic look to him and he, he really, uh, I thought he did a good Eddie Brock, uh, certainly a lot better than the mullet Eddie Brock that we, the Eddie Brock with the mullet that we saw later. So. He gave Brock like, uh, like six inch thick eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, I remember those giant eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, everything was was exaggerated. You know, you know what's nice uh, again to praise the art. Uh, I like uh, Savick's recreation of Face It Tiger that uh, her standing in the doorway that looked great. Uh, Years later, when um, uh, Mary Jane, let's see, is it where was that scene? He made his art look a little bit like Ramita. Uh, throughout the whole thing. And then uh, the part with the wedding, he made it look like Paul Ryan's art. So uh, Stavik is just trying to homage all the artists that have come before him and doing a great job at it, I think. So... Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, many years ago, several years ago, when I was writing my website, I came up with like 20 the essential Spider-Man stories, you yeah. know, for the person who wanted to know. And th- I didn't, I let, this was not it. If I, if I were to redo that article ever again, uh, this would absolutely be. Th- this, this didn't make your list? <laughs> It's a long story. Okay, I, you know, I, but like, like I said, it's one of those things. Actually, I think that I've come to appreciate more over time. Yes, uh, and, and like I said, you know, really, I started thinking about it more when you brought it up. You know, uh, as a reason to do this, I thought, yeah, you know, that is a pretty significant book. It really yeah, is. Thoughts, so. thoughts, uh, George. Before we wrap it up about the parallel lives. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. 
that's the end of that episode. If you enjoyed it, uh, support things that you like. Log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and you can make sure that more episodes come out in the future. Again, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) 